Welcome to Disputes Digest. Today is February 17th, 2021. I'm Chris Campbell. Don't forget to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn to stay up to date with news from around the world of international dispute resolution. First up, the news. On February 10th, the Chamber of Commerce Brazil Canada CAMCCBC Arbitration Center established an emergency arbitrator and expedited procedure. The center, which is the largest Brazilian arbitration institution, enacted two resolutions implementing these new mechanisms. According to Resolution 44, the emergency arbitrator is available to parties subject to arbitration agreements entered into after November 25th, 2020 on an, on an quote, opt-out basis, i.e., it's applicable unless the parties jointly agree otherwise. For arbitration agreements entered into before November 25th of 2020, the emergency arbitrator is an opt-in should the parties jointly choose it. In principle, the emergency arbitrator proceeding will cost about 75,000 Brazilian reals for the arbitrator and an additional 20,000 for the CAMCCBC's fees. The parties in such case would need to advance 5,000 reals to cover costs. As for Resolution 46, the established expedited procedure is available for matters lower than 3 million reals valuation, unless expressly agreed to by the parties. And under such procedure, the arbitral award shall be issued within 10 months, counted from the signature of the terms of reference until the closing of the proceeding. The arbitral award would be issued 30 days from the closing of the proceedings, but allows for a 30-day extension. Further information is available on the CAMCCBC website. Next, international law firm Hogan Lovells released its protocol for the use of technology in international arbitration hearings, version 2. The publication addresses the reality that the use of technology in international arbitration has continued to increase over the years and has had significant updates due to the events of 2020. The report covers all phases over the life of a dispute, beginning from the pre-hearing conference all the way to final matters and provides checklists for remote hearings as well as tips and tricks for preparing for witness examination or other phases of the proceeding. The report is available in full on the Hogan Lovells website. Then on February 15th, Reuters reports that Shell has initiated an investor claim against the nation of Nigeria over an oil spill that occurred five decades ago. According to the ICSID filing, the issue relates to an oil spill in the Ijama Abubu community that took place in the aftermath of a 1967 to 1970 Biafran War. Nigeria's Supreme Court denied Shell's request to appeal an adverse award, which allocated some 45 million US dollars in damages to the oil and gas giant, to which Shell believes it never had a chance to defend itself on the merits. Last week, a group of fishermen and farmers won the right to sue Shell in the United Kingdom over the oil spill, and a Dutch court of appeals held it responsible for multiple oil pipeline leaks in the Niger Delta and ordered the payment of unspecified damages. This is a developing story with more news short to come. Then in Olympic sports news, a renowned Olympic power broker, Sheikh Ahmad Al-Fahad Al-Sabah, is set to go to trial in Switzerland this month in a forgery case he has said is linked to a political rivalry within Kuwait's royal family. Al-Sabah, a widely regarded kingmaker in Olympic and Asian soccer elections, will face charges, in part stemming from a caste ruling related to an unsuccessful Asian soccer candidate in 2019. Sheikh Ahmad has more than 30 years of experience in international sports, and the ramifications of this trial undoubtedly have effects through the global athletic community. One last story for the week. On remand from the U.S. Supreme Court, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals considers 
Seti v. Shirinavas, on the question of whether non-signatories to an agreement may use state law doctrines such as equitable estoppel to compel arbitration. Although the Ninth Circuit recognized that non-signatories may have the power to compel arbitration under the equitable estoppel theory, it ultimately found that the defendant in this particular case was unable to do so. The underlying facts in this case tell a story of a failed business relationship between two brothers, Bakshirina and Nagraj Seti. While they were in business together, the brothers had personally entered into a partnership agreement that required them to arbitrate disputes related to their partnership rights. Eventually, the brothers parted ways, and each brother formed his own company. At one point, one brother brought suit against the other for trademark infringement. The defendant in that case sought to compel arbitration in the partnership agreement. The pair traded legal victories until ending up in the U.S. Supreme Court before being remanded in the wake of the decision in GE Energy Power Conversion versus Otokumpu, a case from last year which established a precedent for non-signatories being able to compel arbitration. In this case, the Ninth Circuit found that for equitable estoppel to apply, that it was, quote, essential that the subject matter of the dispute is intertwined with the contract providing for arbitration, end quote. This case provides but one example of the questions courts will have to wrestle with in determining whether a non-signatory may compel or not. From there, we head over to opportunities. The Thailand Arbitration Center, FAC, is one of the leading arbitration institutions in Thailand and provides arbitration, mediation, and ADR services for international and domestic disputes. The deadline for submissions is March 15, 2021, and the first round of publications will be in April. The final shortlist of submissions and participating articles will be published in the 2021 FAC yearbook. Next up, the 8th Peace and Conflict Resolution Conference, PCRC 2021, has submitted a call for papers for its November 2021 event. Submissions are due September 10th, 2021, and should address one of the two dozen topics proposed on its website. Some of these topics include dispute resolution, government and politics, international relations, mediation, and ADR. Link to the posting is available in the show notes. From there, the law firm Field & Fisher is seeking an associate to join its London-based technology and data disputes team. The group advises on all types of information, technology, data protection, IP and franchising disputes. The ideal candidate should have two years of post-qualification experience, including litigation work. In particular, experience with the high court processes in the United Kingdom and arbitration in a domestic context is desired. Job posting can be found in full on LinkedIn or the firm's website. After that, multinational firm Freshfields is seeking a senior associate to join its international arbitration team based in London. A successful candidate should have significant experience in the technical and commercial avenues, along with a hands-on experience with investment treaty matters and the ability to work in a team-based environment and with client-facing issues. In particular, the successful candidate will play an integral role in formulating case strategy, conducting legal research, managing document reviews, and providing oral advocacy. Rounding out this week's opportunities, ABB Switzerland is seeking a regional general counsel for the Asia-Pacific region over its electrification. A successful candidate will be responsible for budget management, ensuring the day-to-day -day legal and integrity operations, all in close coordination with commercial leaders and mitigating legal risk. The ideal candidate should have 15 years of post-qualification experience and substantial experience drafting and negotiating complex EPC or construction agreements. A comfort with technology and within the digital sector as well as M&A is also desired. Finally, we end with events. On February 23rd, the ICC Young Arbitrators Forum will host an event titled Experience of Virtual Hearing in Person, which is an interactive workshop experience to simulate what it's like to be in a virtual arbitration hearing. 
including the interaction of arbitrators, counsel, technical experts, and more. The event will be followed by a speed networking group discussing with fellow practitioners and experienced professionals from around the world. Also from the ICC, from February 25th to February 28th, the organization hosts an event titled Dispute Resolution Solutions That Won't Break the Bank. Small. Also from the ICC, on February 25th to February 28th, the organization hosts an event titled Dispute Resolution Solutions That Won't Break the Bank. SME Labs. The event will focus on dispute prevention and effective dispute management, which are vital components to risk management for businesses of any size. Speakers will discuss a variety of practical dispute resolution tools, which will function as effective alternatives to costly and lengthy litigation proceedings. Then on February 23rd, the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators continues along with its 2021 world tour titled Arbitration and Mediation as a Global Force for Good. Week six turns to the world's largest democracy, India. The event will feature comments from the Honorable Justice Idu Malhora, Ratan Singh, Dana McGrath, Kisharma Loya, Sasant Garg, and arbitral founder Ishan Madan. Make sure to tune in. Then more from the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators. Tomorrow, on February 18th, the Institute hosts its annual Open Students Day with several time slots throughout the day to accommodate schedules around the globe. The event will cover Chartered Institute of Arbitration memberships and how persons interested in international arbitration can get involved as a student or an associate member. Speakers will come from a variety of backgrounds and from a number of jurisdictions. I myself am leading the final time slot of the day and in addition to a presentation on student membership, will be moderating a conversation with Calvin Hamilton, Carolina Morandi, and Chartered Institute President Ann Ryan Robertson. Finally, for this week, the Asian International Arbitration Center, AIAC, via its Young Practitioners Group, is hosting a conference titled Exploring the New Frontier, the Modern Landscape of International Arbitration on March 3rd, 2021. The event will cover a variety of topics, which will be a prelude to the AIAC's pre-moot occurring from March 5th to 7th. Full event details will be available on the AIAC website. Finally, two weeks in a row with breaking news as the World Trade Organization announces the appointment of Ms. Ngozi Nkonjo-Iwela as the new president of the WTO. Nkonjo Iwela is a Nigerian economist and will lead the organization that will represent 164 nations from across the globe. Upon being notified of her appointment, she said, I am grateful for the trust you have in me, not just as a woman and an African, but also in my knowledge and experience. And as some of you have said, courage and passion to work with you to undertake the wide-ranging reforms that WTO needs to reposition itself for the future. Notably, Onkonja Iwela's selection as WTO chief was held up for many months because a former U.S. President Donald Trump did not back her, arguing that she lacked direct trade experience compared to other candidates. Alternatively, the Biden administration dropped the U.S. objection, clearing the way for Onkonja Iwela to secure the top job. She is a 25-year veteran of the World Bank, where she advocated for economic growth in poorer countries. She has previously served in the number two position of the organization and helped oversee some $81 billion in development financing for Africa, South Asia, Europe, and Central Asia. As she assumes office, she will be tasked with tackling economic challenges surrounding the coronavirus pandemic, trade conflicts between nations, including the U.S. trade conflict, with China and a pressure to reform trade rules, amongst others. Congratulations to President Okonja Iwela. 
That's all for this week. Remember to follow Tales of the Tribunal on LinkedIn. To leave a review if you can and share with a friend or colleague. We have just recorded our first episode of season three and we could not be more excited to be coming back to you soon. Any comments or feedback for the show can go to talesofthetribunal at gmail.com. Until next week, this has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal. We'll see you next time.